Welcome to the Watchman Channel. This channel is all about world news and Bible prophecy, pointing to the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am asking that if you can, to please help to financially support this ministry. If you feel led to pledge any amount of money, it would be extremely helpful and greatly appreciated. There is a PayPal link in the description box and in my pinned comment below. You can also donate using Cash App. My cash tag is dollar sign watchman 1963 thank you all so much for your prayers and support god bless jesus said as a sign of his coming and the end of the age there would be an increase in deception false christ who will deceive many wars and rumors of wars nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom famines pestilences earthquakes christian persecution apostasy, false prophets, and lawlessness causing the love of many to grow cold. Jesus said all of these signs would come like birth pains. Jesus was likening last day's events to a woman in labor. As the labor progresses, the pains increase in both frequency and intensity until the baby finally comes. As we get closer to Jesus' return, all the signs he gave us as a sign of his coming and the end of the age will become more frequent and more intense. All of these signs are manifesting around the world in our time. We're now more than 100 days into the Israel-Hamas war, and there are new concerns. The conflict is widening. Over the weekend, there was a direct attack on a U.S. warship in the Red Sea, and Charlie Daggett has the story. There are incoming reports of a missile striking a commercial vessel off the coast of Yemen. A British maritime agency report says a vessel was hit on its port side by a missile. We don't know the status of that vessel or its crew at this time. A British security firm said the vessel was a Marshall Islands flagged U.S. owned bulk carrier. Now, this comes a day after a U.S. warship was targeted by a missile from Yemen's Houthis that was successfully intercepted. There was yet another attack overnight on American forces in the Red Sea. Iranian backed Houthi militants in Yemen firing a missile toward an American destroyer. It was shot down, according to the Pentagon. It's part of the widening war in the Middle East. It's been 100 days since Hamas launched a surprise attack that Israel had once dismissed as impossible and unimaginable. No, Overnight, Hamas released a video of three hostages, including Noah Argamani, who became a symbol of Hamas cruelty when she was kidnapped from a music festival and taken into Gaza on a motorcycle. The Israeli government says at least 100 hostages are still alive in Gaza. <laughs> the fate of the youngest hostage, Kafir Bibas, and his family remain unclear. Kafir, kidnapped along with his mother, brother, and father, turns one this week. I want this to be over, really. I want them back. I want them back. The situation in Gaza is catastrophic, though. The UN says 1.9 million people, 85% of Gaza's population, have now been displaced. And there are now warnings that over half a million are now starving, with famine looming. Nearly 24,000 Palestinians have been killed, according to Gaza's Hamas-run health ministry. Such is the destruction that, for the first time, Israel has found itself this week defending itself at the International Court of Justice against charges of genocide brought by South Africa. Israel vehemently rejects that allegation. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu last night in a speech to mark 100 days was defiant that the war against Hamas will continue. But despite the devastation, Israel is still far from achieving its goals of defeating Hamas or freeing the hostages. Most Israeli officials signal that the fighting is going to go on for months more. 
Tensions on the northern border reached a boiling point and stand ready to explode after the killing of two Israeli civilians in their homes by Hezbollah rocket fire. The IDF retaliated and announced that the price for the killings is being felt in southern Lebanon. And LTV's Devo Klein has more. The IDF called out the Hezbollah attack on a civilian home on the border and launched retaliatory strikes in southern Lebanon. IDF spokesman Daniel Hagari vowed a heightened military response to the anti-tank missile attack on Kfar Yuval, killing a member of the town's local security team and his mother in their home. The price for this will be exacted now and in the future, Hagari said. Barak Ayalon, 45, and his mother, Miri Ayalon, 76, were killed when an anti-tank missile slammed into their home in the largely evacuated border community. Air Force strikes targeted Hezbollah outposts, missiles, launching sites, and command centers deep inside southern Lebanon. As the IDF strikes continued, Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah gave another speech from his bunker. Nasrallah vowed that the attacks on Israel would continue as long as the war in Gaza is ongoing. As a sign of his coming and the end of the age, Jesus declares, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. The prophets of the Old Testament prophesied of these future military conflicts in Isaiah 17.1, in which Damascus, Syria will be destroyed in a single night. Jeremiah 49, the prophecy of Alam, which could infer an Israeli attack upon Iran's nuclear program. Psalm 83, in which the Muslim nations that border Israel will mount an attack on Israel in order to cut them off from being a nation. Ezekiel 38 and 39, known as the War of Gog and Magog. In this prophecy, a coalition of nations led by Russia, Iran, and Turkey will attack Israel in the last days in order to take Israel's wealth. Overseas now and a resounding victory for the ruling party candidate in Taiwan's presidential elections, seen as a blow to China. China had called the vote a choice between war and peace on the island it claims as its own. What the result could now mean for U.S.-China relations. ABC's Britt Clement reporting from Taiwan. Tonight in a victory that could drive a wedge into already testy U.S.-China relations. William Lai Qingde, despised by China for his pro-independence stance, winning Taiwan's presidential race. Roaring celebrations here as Lai comes out to meet his supporters as Taiwan's next leader. Taiwan's voters rebuffing Beijing's repeated warnings that the election is a choice between peace and war. China's government, which has never had control over Taiwan, threatening to take the self-governed island by force if necessary. In his New Year's speech, President Xi even calling the reunification of Taiwan with the mainland a historical inevitability. Lies when comes as the U.S. and China work to mend relations. President Biden and Xi meeting in California in November, and just days ago, military delegates from both countries conducting talks in Washington. Tonight, President Biden seeking to maintain a peaceful status quo with America's one-China policy, in which the U.S. and Taiwan have only an unofficial relationship. With the U.S. appears to be walking a fine line here in response to the election, the State Department issuing a statement congratulating Lai and the people of Taiwan and reiterating calls for peace and stability in this region. All eyes are now on China. Now to a war that's faded from the front pages in recent weeks. Tomorrow, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is set to travel to Switzerland, seeking more global support with ammunition aid running out in the fight against Russia. Reporting from Kyiv, here's CBS's Chris Livesay. 
At a secret location in the cover of night, engineers fire up the booster of a makeshift cruise missile. Do-it-yourself weaponry its civilian inventors say can strike Russian targets more than 100 miles away. So it's very lightweight, easy to assemble, and a key feature, extremely cheap. Between two and $10,000 to produce, compared to ten to $100,000 if they were to buy it retail. Desperate bargains Ukraine is now forced to make as U.S. funding dries up. Since Russia's full-scale invasion nearly two years ago, the U.S. has provided more than $40 billion in military aid to Ukraine used to astonishing effect, repelling one of the largest armies in the world. But in recent months, Ukraine has been struggling, thanks in part to Russia's deep supply of munitions from North Korea and attack drones from Iran. Russian attacks are killing civilians every day, says Ukrainian lawmaker Oleksandra Ustinova. Can Ukraine make it without U.S. military aid? President Zelensky was very clear when he said it to President Biden, if there is no support coming from the United States, we're done. If Ukraine falls, that puts Russia firmly at NATO's doorstep, where the treaty demands that an attack on one is an attack on all. Which means that the United States would have to step in the war. And it would not mean less than 1% of the budget. That would mean trillions of dollars and your boots on the ground. A point not lost on displaced Ukrainians like Larissa and her son Mark, who lived for eight months under Russian occupation. If Americans don't pay with their tax dollars for Ukraine to fight against the Russian invasion, she says, they will eventually have to pay with their lives, like we are. North Korea claims it on Sunday successfully test-fired a solid-fuel intermediate-range ballistic missile that is capable of striking Guam and Japan. This comes as North Korea's foreign minister is set to visit Russia amid increased military collaboration. Pei has our top story. North Korea state media claimed Monday that it successfully tested a solid-fuel intermediate-range ballistic missile, carrying a hypersonic warhead the day before as part of the regime's regular activities to develop its weapon systems. It said the test firing did not affect the security of neighboring countries and that it had nothing to do with any situation in the region. The North fired the missile toward waters off its east coast at about 3 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. The South Korean military assessed that the missile, launched from an area near Pyongyang, appears to have been an intermediate-range ballistic missile that traveled about 1,000 kilometers before landing in the East Sea. It added that it shared information on the missile with the U.S. and Japan and that it's analyzing further details of the launch. In the meantime, the top nuclear envoys from the three nations held a phone call on Sunday and strongly condemned the launch. They said the latest launch has once again shown that North Korea's illegal provocations are the causes of instability in the region and warned that the security cooperation between the three countries will only become stronger as the regime continues to engage in more provocations. Sunday's missile launch comes about two months after the North claimed to have successfully tested new solid-fuel engines for intermediate-range ballistic missiles. Solid-fuel-powered missiles are harder to detect than liquid-fuel ones. And intermediate-range missiles have a maximum range of 5,500 kilometers, which means they're capable of striking U.S. military bases in Guam or Okinawa in Japan. Meanwhile, the North state media also said its foreign minister Choi son has left Pyongyang to visit Russia. It said her visit from Monday to Wednesday is at the invitation of her Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov. 
The two isolated governments have been forging ties following a rare summit between their leaders last September. Officials from South Korea and the U.S. have said the North appears to be supplying military equipment to Russia for use in its war with Ukraine, while Russia was providing technological support for the North's satellite and missile programs. It seems as though we are on the verge of World War III. Jesus told us in the last days there would be war between the nations. Are we seeing the stage setting taking place to fulfill this prophecy? If so, then we're close to the time Jesus refers to as the worst time in the history of the world as we read in Matthew 24:21. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. If we are that close to the tribulation, then the world is about to see war the likes of this planet has never seen before. The book of Revelation tells us when Jesus breaks the first seal, the Antichrist will be unleashed. When Jesus breaks the second seal, war will be unleashed. Resulting from these wars will be famine, pestilence, and death as Jesus breaks the third and fourth seals. The Bible tells us 25% of the population of the earth will be killed at this time, as we read in Revelation 6-8. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth, to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. The population of the world is roughly 8 billion meaning 2 billion people will die during this time. The remaining 17 judgments of God include devastating earthquakes, cosmic disturbances, scorching heat, meteors, 100-pound hailstones, volcanic eruptions, loathsome sores on those who take the mark of the beast, the seas, rivers, and springs of water turn to blood, demons torturing mankind, and a 200 million strong demonic army who will kill another third of mankind, bringing the total to 4 billion. In one swift motion, this forceful mudslide plows onto a highway in western Colombia, crushing into traffic and people below. Cars have been swallowed by the earth, and dozens of people, including children, have been buried. This usually busy road, which connects the cities of Quibdo and Maydalene, is now swamped in thick mud. The view from above shows its deadly path. Emergency services are desperately searching for signs of life whilst identifying the victims they've already lost. The extraction of bodies continues and they will be recognised as their relatives approach the prosecutor's office to identify them through photographs. The area is continuing to experience heavy rainfall, adding to the already challenging search efforts. The scale of damage is only just becoming apparent with the number of lives taken expected to rise. We have reached the stage where there is literally no pause between major weather disasters hitting the world. It is just one disaster after another. When times were normal, there would be a major disaster every once in a while. But now we have reached the stage where there's literally no pause between them. Sadly, this is how it's going to be now. It's just going to be one disaster after another, and most people will have absolutely no idea why any of this is happening. We are living in very troubled times, and people need hope. We read about that hope in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We also read about those who do not believe in Jesus, are condemned, and love darkness rather than light 
in John 3:18 through 20. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. If you have not already done so, I strongly urge you to call upon the name of Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior today. Cyclone Belal hasn't yet hit its peak intensity, but Reunion is already feeling the effects. On Sunday, violent winds, rain and waves battered the island, and those waves are forecast to reach eight metres in height on Monday. That's when the cyclone is expected to be at its strongest. The eye of the storm could pass over Reunion at around midday on Monday. Authorities have issued a purple cyclone alert, the highest level. Residents have been told to barricade themselves into their homes. We have to clear away anything with a large surface area, anything at risk of coming down, anything at risk of being ripped up, anything that could be dangerous. A cyclone of this magnitude is rare in this region. Meteorologists say it compares to the most devastating storms Reunion has ever seen more than 30 and 60 years ago. We're talking about a Category 2 or 3 storm. That means gusts of up to 200 kilometers an hour. It's really a significant danger, especially in an area that isn't used to it. There's a high potential for damage. Luke 21:25, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Across the U.S., millions are hunkering down and trying to stay warm as an Arctic blast bears down on several parts of the country. In Oregon, strong winds reported to have reached 83 miles per hour sent this tree crashing through a home, leaving an elderly man dead. Parts of Maine's coastline saw record-breaking flooding, resulting in high tide that left streets underwater. In Texas, residents weren't taking any chances, leaving shelves at grocery stores empty as temperatures dropped below freezing. A big concern is the state's power grid. Texans are being asked to conserve energy this morning as temperatures remain below freezing. And here in Memphis, officials opened up warming centers as cold temperatures plunge into the teens. From near whiteouts to record cold, tonight tens of millions of Americans are caught in a series of dangerous winter storms that already appear responsible for at least four deaths. All weekend, from the West Coast to the Great Lakes, communities getting pelted with a wintry mix. Some seen more than three feet of snow. In New York, near blinding conditions causing today's Buffalo Bills playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers to be postponed. This morning, the major Arctic blast bringing dangerously cold conditions to millions. Wind chill alerts across more than 20 states, feeling as cold as 70 degrees below zero in Montana. A powerful blizzard blanketing Des Moines, Iowa in nearly 10 inches of snow and bringing power outages to a snow-covered Milwaukee. In Michigan, waves crashing against this pier in St. Joseph, fueled by the storm's intense winds. And in the Northeast, some areas battered with rain and strong winds, leading to flooding like this in New Jersey. In Edgewater, some cars submerged up to their bumpers. Farther north, 
This major storm bringing more rain and flooding. Look at the rough waves along the New Hampshire and Maine coastlines. She's gone! Watch as this historic fishing shack gets washed away in South Portland, Maine. And did Rhode Island, these large waves lashing the coast in Narragansett. Jesus said a sign of his return would be more frequent and more intense weather as we read in Matthew 24, 7 and 8. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Pestilence is the Greek word loimus, which means a plague. Definition of a plague is any large-scale calamity, especially when thought to be sent by God. God has used plagues in the form of extreme weather in the past and will again in the future. The seventh plague on Egypt was hail. Don't forget about the famine in Joseph's time. One of the biggest is the flood in the book of Genesis. In the future, during the seven-year tribulation, God will once again use extreme weather in the form of pestilence as judgment. In Revelation 16:21, God uses hailstones weighing 100 pounds each, and great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. In Revelation 16, 8 and 9, God uses scorching heat. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. So when Jesus Christ warns us that just before his second coming, there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places, you had better believe that these occurrences are a sign from God and that he is about to intervene. Psalm 18.7 Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. In the pre-dawn darkness, Iceland's newest volcano has stirred once again. Molten rock erupting through a fissure in the earth, this time much closer to the evacuated town of Grindavik. By mid-morning, a second fissure opened closer still with lava flowing towards the town. Defensive walls were still being built after the last eruption in December. In a daring rescue, construction workers managed to save some machinery from the creeping lava. But there are reports that one section of the wall may have been overtopped. The mayor of Grindavik has said the situation is ominous with new cracks appearing within the town and old crevasses getting bigger the ground is on the move. There had been a warning. Several hundred earthquakes in the early hours had triggered alarms, and once again, emergency services ordered people to gather up what they could and flee. The evacuation was completed just an hour before the eruption started. This volcanic system is proving unpredictable. The eruption in December started with a four-kilometre wall of fire, but it lasted only a matter of days. But since the start of the new year, scientists have been warning that the ground around the power station of Svartsengi had begun to lift once again as magma began to rise from deeper within the earth. This peninsula, uh, where uh, we have a good portion of uh, uh, the Iceland is living, uh, it is uh, uh, awakening from a sleep that's about 800 years long. And we might expect uh, volcanic uh, uh, activity and earthquake activity for years and decades uh, ahead. The molten rock has now found its way to the surface, but this time it could prove far more destructive. It averages one eruption every four to five years, but this particular part of the country has experienced five in less than two years, causing widespread disruption and hazards each time the ground trembles. Gracias.
It appears changes to our planet are now accelerating. The number of earthquakes around the globe continues to rise, and volcanoes are beginning to behave in some unusual ways. We are far more vulnerable to natural disasters than most people realize, and it looks like the shaking of our planet is only going to intensify in the months and years ahead. We were warned by the prophets of old, and even Jesus himself, that these things would take place right before his return. Just east of here in Arcadia, one couple became curious after they felt a small shake, but then they felt the one that was heard around the metro. When it hit, it just kind of felt like it rumbled through the house and shook the whole house. And we looked at each other and I remember thinking, wow, that was probably stronger. Schmidt's wife getting texts from their neighbors. Our next door neighbor, my wife texted her or him and uh, he said that yeah, was probably one of the stronger ones he's felt in a while. A total of 19 earthquakes. Dr. Jake Walters with the Oklahoma Geological Society, which reports to the USGS, says there were potentially only two main shocks with many aftershocks. Schmidt says the morning earthquake woke him up and noticed some things were off in his house. We heard something out in the living room kitchen area uh, sounded like it fell over. So in this morning after we got up, we discovered a, a decoration on top of our cabinets had fallen over. Walker says while you may not think of it right away, you should check your property after some shakes. What may shake in your home? Secure, you know, take this opportunity to go around, secure valuables, um, picture frames or vases or, or these types of items in your home. He does say these quakes may not be done. We expect aftershocks and we expect those to continue through the weekend um, into next week um, at the very least. Um, so, so you can expect more shaking um, over the weekend. There has been a dramatic increase in volcanic eruptions around the world and nobody knows why. You probably haven't noticed because nobody seems to be talking about it. But something is going on with the world. Volcanoes are erupting at a faster pace than ever. And earthquakes are going crazy. And nobody has an explanation for it. Nobody except God, that is. The seven-year tribulation is fast approaching this world and the news headlines prove it. God in his grace and mercy is trying to shake the world out of its complacency. We are currently living in a time Jesus refers to as the birth pains. Jesus is likening last day's events to a woman in labor. The closer we get to Jesus' second coming, Last day signs and calamities will become more frequent and more intense. Following the rapture of all true Christians to heaven, the Bible warns us that the wrath of God will be poured out on an unrepentant world. One of the judgments described in the book of Revelation seems to include a massive volcanic eruption, as we read in Revelation 8.8. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. Luke 21, 26-28 Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. The signs of Jesus' soon return are so strong now, and the evidence is so clear that any person willing to accept the truth can see that the end of the world as we know it is near. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. These are the ABCs of salvation. A. Admit that you're a sinner. B. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and God raised him from the dead. C. 
Call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Jesus paid the price for mankind's sin. He has provided a way to spend eternity with him and the Father. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. God has already done all the work. All you must do is receive, in faith, the salvation God offers. Fully trust in Jesus alone as the payment for your sins. Believe in him, and you will not perish. God is offering you salvation as a gift. All you have to do is accept it. Jesus is the only way of salvation. That being said, we must repent of our sins. While repentance is not a work that earns salvation, repentance unto salvation does result in works. It is impossible to truly and fully change your mind without that causing a change in action. In the Bible, repentance results in a change in behavior. Repentance, properly defined, is necessary for salvation. One day, Jesus is coming. You may be at church. You may be at work. You may be asleep. God grant that you will be ready when he makes his personal appearance. My God, what if his appearance occurs on a Sunday morning? My prophetic word to you this morning is get ready, get ready! Time is short. Call upon the name of Jesus today.